Tanggal mo nga yung echo. Baka mapakanta ako bigla. We've been talking about the four pillars of discipleship, right? So, sabahan na ba kayo? Hindi. Kasi pang-apat na. Finally. Right? First, we we discussed that no discipleship can take place until there is a friendship relationship that is established. Right? And then, from that friendship relationship, we are now able to develop a discipleship relationship. And we need four pillars of the discipleship making process. But let me first remind all of us what CCF is all about. Can we read this? CCF? Uh, this, this group here is awake. This group, I, I don't know yet. Okay, let's read this. Sheep. We want to disciple God's sheep. And who is the good shepherd? The Lord Jesus Christ. And why does CCFLA exist? Again, can we all read this? CCFLA exists. In obedience to the Great Commission. And if I were to ask you, what is the Great Commission? Will you be able to respond? Okay. So that we don't embarrass anyone, let's read it. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came, everyone, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I do not see Jerick Law. His, his name is there. Law. Ah, he's downstairs. Okay. So what is God commanding us to do? Not merely evangelize, not merely spread the good news, but God is commanding us to make disciples. Bringing someone to faith in Christ is just the first step in the discipleship making process. And in that process, we are not only to teach them the Word of God, we are supposed to teach them to observe, teach them to obey the Word of God. That's why it is very important for discipleship to be successful that there must be a friendship relationship going on. Because if my my disciple is not secure in our friendship, then when I call him to account... Or when he calls me to account, magpupumiglas ako, I will not accept it. Because in my mind, I may think that he has ulterior motives. But if I'm fully secure in our friendship, then when he calls my attention to a blind spot, then I will accept it wholeheartedly. Why? Because faithful are the hurts of a friend rather than the kisses of an enemy. And what is the promise? If you want the presence of God to be always with you, brothers and sisters, I submit, I suggest to you that you must be involved in the Great Commission. Why? Because it is the promise of Jesus Christ. Look, what did He say? What did He say? I am with you always. You want God to always be with you? 
always working in your life? Then I submit, I suggest. Be actively involved in the Great Commission. Because that's the verse that promises He is right there with you. Alright? And for us to be able to make disciples, we need to build them up in four pillars. The four pillars of a discipleship relationship. We discussed first the supreme love for God. And then after what? And then last week, and this morning, so we will complete this morning the four pillars. We will discuss the fourth pillar. But as a review, supreme love for God. What is supreme love for God according to John fourteen fifteen? If you love me, you will keep my commands. God's love language is obedience. You want to please God, obey His word. If you say that you love God, it means that you're willing to obey His word. The second pillar is devotion to God's word. We read from John 8.31, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in the word of God, you prove to yourself that you are indeed a follower, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we came up with this Practical definition. To abide means to live in moment-by-moment obedience to God's Word. So it's not enough to know God's Word. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter whether you know and memorize, as Pastor Reggie shared with us before, if you memorize Genesis to maps. But if you're not obeying anything from what you're reading, you're not abiding. You're just in the Word. You're not abiding. You're not following the Word of God. And then last week, I shared with you the third principle, the principle of self-denial. Jesus challenges His disciples. If anyone wishes to come after Me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Him. As a matter of fact, last week I shared with you, if you're not willing to deny yourself, if you're not willing to take up your cross daily, Jesus Christ said, you cannot be my disciples. In other translations, it says, you are not worthy to be my disciple. What was our catchphrase? No to me. Yes to God. That is self-denial. Saying no to your will, saying yes to the will of God the Father. So this morning, we will discuss Christ-like love or love for our fellow man. You see, these are all building blocks. First, we have to understand that God loves us and we must love God in return. He must be number one in our lives. And for us to be able to realize and to understand what it means to have God as number one in my life, I must be devoted to His Word and to obey it. And as I encounter a crossroad between my will and the will of God, I must make a choice to follow my will or to say no to myself and yes to God. And if I say no to myself and yes to God, then I will be able to love others as Christ would love them. Are you with me? Parang gutom kayo. 
parang tulog pa kayo. Are you here? Praise God. I thought I was alone. Now, look at what the golden rule says. Oh, can we read this? Are you devoted to the Word of God? Yes, is that correct? What does the Word of God say? What is the golden rule? You see? We can be easily tricked. Sounds like, looks like, smells like, must be like. It's very easy to get swayed. Oh, do not do unto others what you would do have others do unto you. Ba? Galing ha. Quote na quote niya ang Bible. Pala sablay. Look, do not do, that's not being proactive. God wants us to be proactive. Do unto others what you would have others do unto you. Hey, we're not devoted to God's word. We just accept it hook, like, and sinker. Wow, do not do unto others what you do not like others to do unto you. Galing. That's being negative. God wants us to be proactive. Do unto others what you would have others do unto you. Sino yung others? Iba sa Pilipino? Para ka namang others. Di ba? Di ba nag-transition, di ba? Para ka namang iba sa akin. Tin-translate in English. Para ka namang others. If God wants us to love others, to do good unto others, who is or who are those others? Diba? So let's look. Look at Luke. Verse 10. Uh, chapter 10, 25 to 29. And the lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit life, eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as well. This is a lawyer. I don't know if there are lawyers here, but you know, lawyers are usually very meticulous in the law. He asked Jesus. But his premise was how he how can I inherit eternal life? What can I do? You get it? What can I do to go to heaven? Jesus Christ gives him back the law. What does the law say? Being a lawyer, he recited it back, word for word. Tama. Then he continues, and he said to him, You have answered correctly. Jesus said to the lawyer, Do this, and you will live. Correct. The answer of the lawyer was correct. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Diba? Eh, siguro, because he is a lawyer, he wants just the law. Verse 29. Wishing to justify himself so that he would have right standing before God, wishing to justify himself. What did he say? Uh, who's my neighbor? Who are my others? This morning, I've invited a special guest to explain to us 
Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? I am your brother, your best friend forever. Singing the songs, the music that you love. All together now. Why? The brothers till the end of time, together or not, you're always in my heart. Your hurting feelings in you will rain no more. Who is your brother? Who is your neighbor? If God wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves, who is our neighbor? Is that not an important question to ask? And an even more important question to answer? I am your brother. Are you? Why don't we stand up and read the Word of God as we look to His Word for our main text this morning. Let's all stand in honor the reading of God's Word. This is still part about that lawyer. Verse 30. Jesus replied and said, Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Your word is sharper than a double-edged sword, Lord God. And we trust you through your Holy Spirit to speak to all of our hearts, Father. If our lives need to be shaken up, Lord God, because of your word, then so be it, Lord. But be pleased to speak to us as you would speak to us, Lord God. And may your people not listen to me, Lord, but to your word piercing their hearts. And as your word says, we are to do the same Father, we commit our time of worship to you. Thank you for our singing, our praise and worship, Lord God. Thank you for bringing the people. And thank you that your presence is here with us, Lord God. And we acknowledge that it is your Holy Spirit who will teach us and guide us into all truth. This is our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We, you may all be seated. So this is the story, the account of how Jesus actually replied to the lawyer. The lawyer asked, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gave him this story. And what's the story about? There was this man who was waylaid by robbers. Three men encountered this poor lad. He was beaten up. He was wounded. He was on the side of the road. Who was the first man? You were asleep when we were reading it. Who was the first man? Huh? A priest. You see that? 
by chance, a priest going down on the road saw him. And what did he do? He went to the other side. He went to the other side to avoid an encounter. Who was the second man? A Levite. What did the Levite do? He did exactly the same as what the priest did. Now, when you say you're a priest, and you say you're a Levite, by default, you are supposed to be men of God. Is it not? And what did they both do? They avoided the encounter. They sidestepped the individual. As a matter of fact, they went to the other side of the road to ensure that they would not be bothered to have to help this man who was beaten up and robbed. But, according to verse 35, there was another man, a Samaritan, a Samaritan who was on his journey came upon this man, and when he saw him, what was his attitude towards this man? He had compassion. He felt moved. He felt so moved, what? He came to him. He didn't sidestep. He came to him. He bandaged his wound. He poured oil and wine over them. Then he carried the man. He put the man on his animal, his beast, and then he brought him to an inn. And not only did he bring him to an inn, he took care of him. Who had compassion? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? The Samaritan. And he went the extra mile. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. Whatever else, whatever more you spend, I will return and I will repay you. So who was the neighbor to this man? The Samaritan. Now do Jews have anything to do with Samaritans? No. Samaritans in the eyes of the Jews are considered half-breeds because they intermarried. Remember the story about the woman in the well? The woman said to Jesus Christ, Why is it you, being a Jew, speak to me? A Samaritan. For Samaritans have no dealings with the Jews, and vice versa. Here you have a priest and a Levite, supposedly religious people, people of God. But what did they do? They sidestepped this person. The Samaritan quote-unquote, an enemy of the Jew, was more willing to get down, to be uh, to be inconvenienced by his journey with this man. He had compassion on him. He cured, he, he bandaged up his wound. He brought his, this man, this total stranger, he brought on his animal. He brought them to the inn. He stayed there overnight. The next day he was going to continue with his journey. But he wanted to make sure that this man, this total stranger, was taken care of. And it did not only cost him time. 
it did not incon- only inconvenienced him, it also cost him money. And that ask, the question of Jesus to us today, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy to him. Jesus told the lawyer, who is your neighbor? The lawyer said, the one who showed mercy to the robber. And what did Jesus Christ tell this lawyer? Go and do the same. Go and do the same. Who is my neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Who is that someone that you can show Christ-like love to? Well, let's see. Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Correct? Diba? The reason why this person is my enemy is because I hate this person. You guys, I love. You're part of CCF. You're part of my D group. You're part of my family. I love all of you. But my enemies, I hate. I hate them to death. Jesus, you've heard it was said. Love your neighbor and what? Hate your enemy. That's what the world would like us to think and that's what the world would like us to do. But what did Jesus Christ say? But I say to you, but I say to you what? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. When I shared this verse in our discipleship group meeting in Manila many, many years ago, one of our members who was rather old in song. That's quite impossible to do. Because just me to think about my enemy, my blood is already boiling. And then, you mean to say, I have to pray for this enemy? I said, what is God telling you? I'm not telling you to do that. This is God telling you. You see, intimacy, we've been learning about it, right? You will be provided, and what? You will be rested, and what? You will be distinguished. The world says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. God says, love your enemy, and pray for those who persecute you. Why? Kaaway ko nga yun eh. Ah, alam ko na, ipagpipray ko. <laughs> alam ko na. Lord, mahal mo siya, di ba? Uwi mo na siya. Is that a righteous prayer? No. The world will teach us, love them to death. May I submit to you what we should do? Love them to eternal life. The world would have us love them to death. God would have us love them to life. Life eternal. So why? Why did Jesus Christ tell us to do this? So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. 
Why? For He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. When it rains, who gets wet? The good, the bad, and the ugly. When the sun is beating down on us, who gets hot? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? But this proves, according to verse 45, by doing this, loving your enemies and praying for them, this proves that you are a child of God. You are distinguished. Because what? You don't go with the flow. Kakaiba ka. Bukod tangi ka. And Jesus goes on to say, For what? For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You see the contrast? If we love only the lovable, everybody does that. So we're not set apart. We're not distinguished. We are not identified as children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Why? We blend in like everyone else. Because we love only the lovable and we hate the unlovable. God goes and tells us, Love even the unlovable. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Why? Because by doing this, you validate that you are sons of your Father who causes the sun to rise on both evil and good. Who causes the rain to fall on both the evil and the good. Now how? How do I do this? No to me? Yes to God. No to my will? Yes to the will of God in my life. Self-denial. If I am able to deny myself, I will be able to love others with Christ-like love. Does God love you? Yes? Parang hindi kayo convinced. Does God love you? Yes. Does God know all of your sins that you've committed and will continue to do? But does God love you anyway? So why should we not do the same? Why should we not do the same? If we expect God to love us unconditionally, forgive us every time we fall into sin, why aren't we not doing, or why are we not willing to appropriate that same love and forgiveness to the other people around us? You remember the story of the unmerciful servant? He was forgiven of all his debts. He was supposed to be sent in jail. Life sentence na. The master forgave him. What did he do? He went out and looked for another slave who owed him money. And then he forced this other slave to pay him back. He could not pay. He sent him to jail. When the master found out what this first servant did to the second servant, Principal's office ka. Like rito. You received mercy, but you did not give out mercy. I will throw you out where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. We accept God's love, but many times we are unwilling to appropriate and share the love of God. 
What is that? Selfless or selfish? Is that dying to self? Or living for yourself? Is that Christ-like love? Or is that just you talking? God loves us. And God loves your neighbor. God loves your enemy. And maybe God will use you to bring the good news of eternal life to your enemy. What if? Will you say no to yourself? And yes to God? Will you demonstrate? Will you radiate Christ-like love to your neighbor, to your enemy? How do we do this? Can you raise both your hands up? Yan. Okay. Okay. Hindi tayo mag-wave. Don't worry. How do we do this? Surrender. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Not give up. Surrender does not mean give up. Surrender is to give it up to the Lord. Lord, sa na yan. Yung give up, ganito. You give it up to the Lord. Lord, I give it up to you. Surrender control to the Holy Spirit. Why? Last week we learned from Romans 8 verse 6, the mind of sinful man is what? Death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So what's the issue? Control. Sino chuper? Who is behind the wheel of your life? Is it you or is it God? If it's you, you will not love your neighbor as yourself. But if it is God living in and through you and you're living a surrendered life to God, then you will be able to love even your worst enemy. Control. In Galatians 5.16, it says, Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. What is your desire about your enemy? Gahasa ka ng kutsili mo. Sige, pumasok ka sa bahay ko. Hindi ba? O yung iba naman, ganun. Eh, makapasok ka lang dito. Sige. Trespassing ka. Legal ako. See you. Pero hindi kita magkikita sa heaven. See, the issue here is control. Who is in control? If God is in control of your life, you will be able to love others like Christ. Remember, we were all enemies at one time. Because of our sin, God's wrath was directed at each and every one of us. But when we receive God's love, He no longer calls us enemies. How does God call us now? Friend, brother, co-heir, why are we unwilling to appropriate that same love? Many times because we are under our control. Ako ang chuper. Ephesians 5.18 tells us the key. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. 
This morning, a heart prep by Sarah. I did not show her anything from what I was going to preach. I was just sitting there. I'm just so amazed how God would interconnect everything. She did not see what I had prepared. Why is it that she would come and lead us in the preparation of our hearts using the same passage? Be filled. Being a Christian is being indwelt. Living as a Christian means being continually filled. Is this filled? No. So what does being filled mean? Being filled. Being filled is from the Greek word plero'o. I'm not a Greek scholar, so don't quote me on the exact pronunciation. But what is important is what it means. It means to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally. It also means to render full, to complete, to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, fill to the brim. Is this filled? No. So if this is me, and the water over there represents the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit filling my life? No. So who is in control of the majority of this person's life? The self. Because if this person's life was filled with the Holy Spirit, this bottle would be full all the way to the top that you cannot put anything in it anymore. And the tense of this verb, it's a passive tense. You have to submit to the control of the Holy Spirit so that you will be filled. And the filling of the Holy Spirit means a continual ongoing filling. We are indwelt. If you are in Christ, you are indwelt. That's a one-time thing. But filling of the Holy Spirit needs to happen, just like abiding, moment by moment. The moment I take control, the filling goes down. And I'm not filled. I have to confess to God and ask the Holy Spirit again to fill me. I fill it back to the brim. It's like a faucet. Parents, you tell your kids to wash the dishes. And then you hear, oh, they're already out in the yard. Oh, they must be finished already washing the dishes. But shh. The glass is there. We left the faucet running. The glass is full. And the water is overflowing. That is a picture of what being filled means. You are filled to overflowing. And if you are filled with the Spirit, if you are filled with the love of God, guess what? Your life will what? Overflow. And what will overflow? It will only overflow that which fills you. And if you are filled with the love of God, the love of God will overflow. It will spread to the lovable, which is easier to do, but also to the unlovable, which we can only do as we live surrendered lives, surrendered to the Holy Spirit.
I owe you. Believe it or not, I owe you something. Believe it or not, you owe me something. It's not money. Far from it. Romans tells us, in Romans 13 verse 8, owe what? Nothing to anyone except what? Love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has what? Fulfilled the law. You have neighbors who are lovable. You have neighbors who are unlovable. You have family members who are lovable. You have family members who are not lovable. What is it that you owe them? You owe it to them to love them. To love them with Christ-like love. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as what? God in Christ also has forgiven you. How dare we accept the forgiveness of God and then when God asks us to forgive our neighbor, Aba, hindi. God, hindi mo kilala ang kapitbahay ko. Baka sabihin ni God, ano hindi ko kilala? Ako naglalang dyan, ako gumawa dyan, hindi ko kilala. Mas kilala ko pa siya kaysa iyo. And I'm telling you, love your neighbor. Forgive your neighbor. And I'm going to use you. Naku po. God, I cannot do it. Exactly! Exactly, I know that you cannot do it. That's why I'm asking you to depend on me. To surrender control of your life to my will and I will provide. I will give you the strength. I will give you the words. I will give you the opportunity. Are you willing? Are you willing to live a surrendered life? Are you willing to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to be led by the Holy Spirit so that you did not gratify the desires of your flesh? Now imagine, imagine that you are one of those people who will heed the word of God to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to love even the unlovable, to let Christ overflow in your life and spread to anyone and everyone around you. What would that look like? Would you want to see? Okay. How will Christ-like love affect our relationships. You want to see the fruit, right? In the family. The responsibility to love, submit, and obey. You will love even if you don't feel respected. You will submit even if you don't feel loved. You will obey your parents even if they seem unreasonable. How will that happen? Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Will intimacy with God produce restedness? Peace, provision, 
and being distinguished? Will it affect your family? If you let go and let God? If you deny yourself and say yes to God? Many of us are conditional. Why will I love you? You don't even respect me. <laughs> well, I don't respect you because you don't love me. Ah, you're my enemy. <laughs> so what will I do to my enemy? I will pray for my enemy. Isn't that what Jesus Christ did? He prayed for you. He prayed for me. Diba? How about in the church? Ayan. Tayo. Oh, love kami lahat yung tisip. Ayan. Oh, nako ah. Oh, tingnan natin. Responsibility to serve. To be united. Not to be judgmental of others. Oh, diba? Maraming church. Ganyan. Yan ang mga issue. Oh. What gift can you use to serve others? Are you one with us in the process of discipleship? How do you tolerate the weaknesses of others in the church? As Bible bayan. Tinatin. 1 Corinthians 14. What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Gift yan. Right? What is the gift that God has given us for? What are the spiritual gifts there for? According to the last sentence, let all be, let all things be done for what? Edification. So God gave us spiritual gifts to build up the body. That's why the question, how will you use your gift to serve others in the church? Ano yung isang question? Unity. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. CCF LA exists to fulfill the Great Commission and make loving disciples who will make loving disciples. Are you with us? Have you caught that vision? Third, Romans 14.13, you remember my illustration from last week? You can win the argument, but you can lose the friend. You can even lose the soul. So what should we do? Romans 14.13, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. If you are the more mature Christian, God expects you to come down to the level of the maturing Christian. Not to pull this person up to where you are, but you being more mature to go down to this person, to encourage this person, to build up this person, so that this person grows. Tagal-tagal mo na sa sisip, hanggang ngayon ganyan ka pa rin? Eh, paano ko go-grow? Paano yung... You keep on putting me down. How can I grow? Hanggang ngayon, Jesus wept ka pa rin? Go down to their level. I was sharing with our group over here in our discussion last week. I heard this illustration from Pastor Vince Burke. In the mountains, you have mountain goats, right? So their path is very narrow. Okay, if everyone is going to one direction. But if there is counterflow, you have a problem. Only one can pass. The more mature goat, 
will kneel down and let the other goat from the other direction step over its back so that the goat can pass through. That's an illustration of what we should be doing. Instead of judging one another, what should we be doing? Not put an obstacle. Now, wait. This is many times taken out of context. When we call somebody, a person, a brother or sister in Christ, and call their attention to a blind spot, kung hindi siya spiritual, ano sasabihin niya? Napaka-judgmental mo naman! What if the person lied? Black paints lie. You caught the person. Ay, sabi ni Pastor Insong, we should not put a stumbling block. Not be judgmental. That's not what the Bible says. Just because the Bible says, do not be judgmental, do not judge one another, it doesn't mean that we are not supposed to discern the actions of one another. What is being judgmental? You tell me, ah. First, bro, what you said, I don't think is true. I was there. Or, Brad, sinungaling ka. Which is judgmental? Huh? The second, why? You attack the person. Okay, you attack the person of the person. Diba? You don't attack the person. You address the issue. Bro, that wasn't honest. I was there. But if you say, you're a liar. What did you attack? You attack his character. See, when the Bible says, don't be judgmental, don't judge one another, it doesn't mean that we are not to discern the actions of one another. That's why nga, in that small group, in the accountability, we don't attack the character of the person. We attack the actions. Bro, uh, remember I shared with you, Pastor Danny will call me and say, Song, medyo rigid. Uh, okay, what do you mean by rigid? Uh, you know, when we ask you to do something, your, your mind is already set. Oh, okay. Why? Because I trust Pastor Danny. He has no ulterior motives, but to, except to see me, his co-pastor, his brother in Christ, to be more and more like Christ. So I don't take that as being judgmental. But I can if I'm not filled. If I'm not walking in the Spirit, ikaw, pareho lang tayo. We always see eye to eye. Pero itong kwan, ha? Mali ka dyan. Masyado ka namimersonal. Okay? When the Bible says, do not judge, it does not mean that we are not to discern. Okay? I just want to make that clear. Right? So in the family... We've done that. In the church, we've discussed that. How about in the workplace? Your responsibility to supervisors. Your responsibility to your subordinates. Your responsibility for your own personal work ethic. Your attitude towards your boss. Your attitude towards subordinates. Your attitude towards your work. How will a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit, how will that manifest? Ano sabi ni God? Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. Not only those who are good and gentle. Okay lang yun eh. Lababol eh. But also those who are unreasonable. 
You have bosses who are unreasonable. Yes? What should you do? Submit. Respect. Why? That's what God asks you to do. If you are a supervisor, masters, do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. You have authority. You're the boss. Sino ipopromote ko? Both of them are equally skilled. Pero itong isa, sip-sip. Wala akong ginawang mali dito sa isa. Good morning, sir. Gandang lalaki nyo ngayon, ha? Oh. Eh, babae naman ako. Patay! Gets? There is no partiality. Do not use your authority to lord it over your subordinates. Remember, you have somebody to whom you will be accountable to. How about your work ethic? Colossians 3, 23-24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Why? Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. It is the Lord whom you serve. If I'm a boss, I would rather hire Christians. Why? Because the Christian is supposed to display a diligent and honest work ethic. The Christian will still do what he or she is supposed to do whether the boss is looking or not. He will not take the eraser and bring it home. He will not take the band paper. He will not print his message outline on the office computer. Why? You know, who is your boss? Christ. Bato-bato sa langit, So family, church, workplace. What else? How about the world? You notice we're going farther and farther out. Family, church, work, now the world. How about a responsibility to the government? A responsibility to mission to our mission to make disciples. Do you respect your leaders and pray for them? Do you pay your taxes and obey the law? Are you being discipled and discipling others? Nasa Bible ba yan? Romans 13 verse 1. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those who exist are established by God. I don't know what your politics are. I have my personal position on politics. But what does the Bible ask us to do? To respect whoever is seated in the White House. As a matter of fact, it is our responsibility to pray for the President of the United States and to pray for President Noinoy. Why? What does the Bible tell us? He would not be sitting there if not for the will of God. So since he is there, we battle, we debate before the election. Once the election is settled, okay, let's pray for whoever is there. That's being a Christian. That's displaying Christ-like love. 
You may not like him, but God allowed him to be there. Therefore, pray for him. I was talking to somebody in the polling booth. Wow! Wow, it's so nice for you to come and vote. Yes, I brought my daughter and my son. Wow! Yeah, you. I, I told this. I told this elderly lady. If I'm not willing to cast my vote, I shouldn't complain about the government. If I'm not going to participate in the electoral process, then what business do I have to complain? Ah, oh, it's just like this. It's like that. I don't even cast my vote. So I cast my vote. Luke 20, 25, about paying taxes. He said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. The Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. Is it lawful for us Jews to pay tax to Caesar, who is a Roman? Sabi ni Jesus, what? Pay your tax. Whose face is on the money? Caesar. Bigay mo kay Caesar. Did Jesus pay the tax? Yes. Peter, get me a fish. Open the mouth. You will find my temple tax there. So, ano, ganun din, ano? Every time Brother Romy goes fishing, $50. $50. ganun. Ingalang, wala eh. So, even Jesus paid the tax. You see, Jesus will not tell us to do something that He Himself did not model for us. How about Matthew 28? Go, therefore, and make disciples. That's our mission to the world. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Are you actively involved in the making of disciples? Disciples are made. They are not born. So the question is, are you being discipled? Are you part of a small group? If you are part of a small group and being discipled, then are you discipling somebody else? Because our desire, based on Scripture in Second Timothy, is that we reach the third and fourth generation. So are you involved in the mission and vision, the commandment, the great commission to go out there and make disciples? How do we make disciples? Show them Christ-like love. Love them to eternal life. Is it going to be easy? Maybe. Is it going to be difficult? Maybe. But the question is, are you going to do it? Let me share with you an experience that I have in loving the unlovable. My wife was introduced to her job many years ago by a very close relative. First degree. When my wife began to work there, over time, not too long, she was the center of gossip. And the person who was 
gossiping about my wife was the person who brought her into the company. Weird. First degree relative ko yan, ha? So, that phase ended. After a while, she resigned. Tuloy-tuloy. But, you know how it is what, when, when, when this person and you are in the room that you can really slice the air? Diba? You, you, you sense the animosity there when you can't do anything. Nobody wants to make the first move, etc., etc. But you see, you have to model what? Christ-like love. Even if you're right, even if you're wrong, model Christ-like love. So, this goes on and on. Until one day, we had the opportunity to go to this person's house. This person will not reject us going to her house because I had a check. 100,000 pesos. Who will reject? (laughs) So we go. And, you know, here's your check. But you know more than that. We were waiting outside maybe 30 minutes. Oh, yun na yung kotse, pumasok na. So pray kami, pray. In our mind, we'll go, we'll apologize for whatever it is. We don't even understand what it is. We don't even know. But we will do our part and show Christ-like love to this individual. So we go and we speak. They said, you know, we cannot really put a finger on it, but whatever it is, will you please forgive us? Ah, okay, di ba? If you ask for forgiveness from the person, usually, oh, hindi, okay lang yan. Wala naman talaga yun eh. Di ba? Ah, yeah, but I'm not ready. Parang binuhusan ng malamig na tubig, di ba? Ah, yeah, I'm not ready. Okay. What does God expect us to do? What does God expect you to do? Isn't it God expects you to show Christ-like love? Right? Who will take care of the response of the other person? You or God? So what does God want you to do? Just show love. Just show forgiveness. Just show compassion. And leave the outcome to God. Will that not unburden you? Will not, will not that make you rested? Because you're intimate with God and God wants you to display Christ-like love to this enemy who did not even respond in the way that you would have expected to respond? I'm not ready. Okay. Para kami nahimasmasa. Nais lang yun. But that's not my problem. God asks me to show love. God asks me to show forgiveness. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love your neighbor. Leave the outcome to God. That's God's business. My accountability, my responsibility to God is to obey what God tells me. God tells me to love your neighbor. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies to life. Life eternal. The only way that they will ever be attracted 
to a life with Christ is to see a life in Christ. If they see your life is in Christ, I submit to you, they will desire to also have a life with Christ. But if when they see you, they don't see Christ-like love, how can we expect that they will come? Come to a service, come to a Bible study, come to whatever it is that you're inviting them to. But if you just continue to show love, regardless of their response, then Lord willing, one day, they may come to faith. You want to see your family change? You want to see our church explode? You want your work to be vibrant? You will not have to drag yourself to work because your boss is Christ? Do you want to see society and this country progress? And many come to faith in Christ? Then there's only one lesson today, Lord. There's only one lesson today, people of God. Live out Christ-like love. You can only do that if you have supreme love for God. You're devoted to His Word. You're obeying His Word in self-denial. And your life will be a life overflowing with Christ-like love. Before I share with you our discussion questions, why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that you demonstrated love for us. We can only love because you first loved us. And everything that you have asked us to do and continue to ask us to do, Lord, in your word, your son Jesus Christ did it first. He went through and we just follow him, Lord God, in faith. Help us, Lord God, to live a life surrendered to the leading of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, to overflowing that our lives might manifest the love of God in our own life and overflow to the life of the people around us. Many people whom we love, some who are unlovable in our eyes. But you love all men, Lord. And you want all men to come to faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. So be pleased, Lord God, to use us in whatever way, in whatever season, in whatever capacity, Lord God, so that we may share the love of Christ, the grace of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit to transform the life of an individual. Let all glory, honor, and praise go back to you, Lord God, for this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Our discussion questions. Okay? Is there anyone whom you feel you cannot love or forgive? How do you intend to show love and forgiveness to that person this week? This week. Indeed, this century. This week. Kau Peter. Ask someone in your group to pray for you this week and keep you faithful to what you plan to do. Yeah, na? Very practical, di ba? 
Is there anyone you are having difficulty loving or forgiving? How do you intend to show love and forgiveness to this person this week? Diba? And then once you've made that decision, share with your group. Okay? You don't need to share in detail. Okay? But just, just share with your group so that your group can pray for you and hold you faithful to that. You know, maybe you, you get a call or a text, bro. Nakausap mo na ba? The number you dialed is temporarily out of service. <laughs> okay? Our offering box is over here. Uh, everything that you give goes to the work of the ministry. Our three uh, group, well, two groups. Tuesday we'll meet in West Covina as planned. Thursday we'll still meet in Burbank as planned. But the Lakewood group in Friday will not meet for a Bible study because uh, your leaders have a mini retreat. Alright? So we will we will send out a, a shout out on the e-group if the Lake uh, Lakewood group will meet. I promise to look for some material for them to discuss while I'm out. But it will only be for overnight. Alright? Please continue to pray for Pastor Danny. Uh, for his return, Nat Miguel, who's also coming back, and also Pastor Desmond and the rest of the CCF pastors who are coming to the United States to attend the Catalyst Seminar. All right? So you know your groups, and that depends on you. You want to discuss more, you'll grow more hungry. You want to discuss less, you can eat more. And as a matter of fact, you can discuss while you're eating too. All right? Praise God.